0: Welcome, my friends, to the Moon Jockeys Podcast, (laughs) an in-depth discussion of Star Wars themes, characters, and storylines. Now, here are your hosts, Katie and Brian. Welcome to another episode of Moon Jockey's Podcast. My name is Brian, one of your hosts. I'm proud to be joined by my co-host. How are you doing tonight, Katie?
1: Hi there, Brian. I am... Gosh, how am I? (laughs) I'm I'm calm, at peace, passive. (laughs) I've seen The Last Jedi six times now, and I just feel so much more at ease with that movie. Not that I just liked it before. No, if if you guys listened to us talk about it before, I was so much in love with that movie and so hyped. But now that the hype has died down a bit, I am just so in love with this movie and it's like a like a compassionate love. I'm not over the moon, just dizzy about this movie. I'm just in love. <laughs> you know, we we've begun our long courtship. I'm I'm prepared to just be with this movie for the rest of my life.
0: Wow. <laughs> That's some serious commitment. How many times have you seen it now?
1: Six. I've seen it six times. Six times. Mm-hmm. I, I would have gone more, quite honestly, if tickets were cheaper. I I want to just go and spend a day at a movie theater watching this film, but honestly, tickets are $15 where I live. So, yeah yeah
0: (laughs) that'll hurt the pocketbook
1: sure will sure will oh my gosh i know that um our good friend (laughs) jason hunt at the wampus lair was talking about seeing this movie and and he posted a picture of his theater ticket and literally everybody who responded to that went six (laughs) dollars
0: i think it was 525 or something like that
1: oh my gosh so you saw the one i'm talking about it's
0: not even six dollars it's like oh my gosh how is that possible
1: how is that yeah, no, I would be watching that movie three times a day for the same price that that I see it once a day. Like, yeah, I I would have seen that movie easily twenty times by now if my tickets were only five dollars. Are you kidding me? Uh
0: I think I do have theaters around me that do half price tickets on Tuesday. So like oh. that's uh rather tempting.
1: Oh, that that is tempting. You know what? I I know that a theater around me does that too, but I'm pretty sure I'd have to hurt somebody because, um, like, all of all of the showings for Star Wars are still like completely sold out. I've yet to go to a viewing of this movie and have a an even half empty theater. No, this movie is still selling out, and so to get half price tickets for this movie, I'd have to be bowling people over, which I'm completely willing to do. Let's be real.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> how many I, times have you been brian
0: i'm still only twice it's embarrassing but like i've only s- seen it twice and that was no. like in the very first weekend i so, you like... know
1: it's it's really not a contest it, it really isn't um I, and i know that you know some people they they can't afford to go out and see this movie a dozen times or you know you have a family you're busy stuff like that it it's not a contest contest and you should not feel like any worse of a fan for seeing it less times than anybody else like that's how many times you see it is by no means a measure of your love for this fandom or or your movie and and i do say that to you brian but i also say that to anybody listening you do not have to spend money on your fandom to to be a good fan
0: i'm all about not spending money
1: (laughs) yeah right (laughs) i'm just putting just putting that out there like yeah you know
0: as a, as a father, I've got plenty of ways to spend money. <laughs> I traveled a whole lot uh, over the holidays, um, a lot of road trips that were pretty long. And yeah, I just have, haven't have had a lot of time to go to the theater. But um, I mean, I guess yeah, I've had the same fun. amount of time that everyone else is just... I ha- <laughs> haven't been able to get back to the theater. I really if, hope to I do that. It. Uh, one or two more times before it leaves the theater at least I know that I love it and like there was just some serious discrepancies in my my experiences between the first time and the second time I think I mentioned on our last episode I was kind of a weeping mess the first time (laughs) I saw it I was very very emotional Um, (laughs) and the second time I really enjoyed it but it just didn't connect with me emotionally i think it was just the headspace i was in at the at the moment
1: yeah i've i've weirdly had the opposite reaction where opening night yes i cried but the more times i've seen this movie i have cried harder and harder each time i think it's because i i know the beats and i know kind of what i'm looking for in each scene so when i see you know, particular scenes coming up, I, I am emotionally primed and ready to just start crying. Oh yeah. And I, I actually wrote it down like every single scene that, that makes me, you know, actually shed tears. Not just I'm choked up, but no, I am weeping in this theater all right. and like <laughs> weeping so much that people around me are making fun of me. And I'm just all like, shut up. <laughs>
0: That was my wife on opening night. She was right? like, "I can't believe you cried that much. It's a stinking movie."
1: It's like, just calm down, okay? And I'm like, I can't calm down. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, I wrote it down, and it's no less than ten times throughout this movie I'll cry. And so, is it any wonder, like, coming out of this movie, like, stumbling out of it, like, I'm dehydrated. Ten I'm
0: times. Weak. Wow. <laughs> okay, give me your list.
1: Yeah, there's ten. Uh, ten. Yeah, throughout this um. Okay, to be fair, most of them are at the end. <laughs> but uh, when Leia is drifting through space, that is when the tears begin.
0: <laughs> when she's sucked out of the uh, when, bridge? Yep.
1: When she's just serenely drifting through space and her theme is playing, and she just reaches out and, you know, the little the little ice crystals, you know, move around her hand. I just like... There's been more than once where I am watching that scene, I actually stretch my hand out towards her because I feel like she's <laughs> reaching for me. Like, uh, it's like it's like an ET kind of moment, right? Or like <laughs> you want to touch your fingers. I touch her fingers, just like. But it's like there's no cynicism in that. Like it's completely pure the way I reach to her. It's just I feel compelled to do it. Like, cause she the theater. You have to see this movie in the theater. It's not. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna be quite the same watching it at home. But just like how big everything is and how how engulfed I feel in that scene! I really do feel like Leia's reaching for me personally, <laughs>
0: <Can> I, <laughs> across
1: time. And space.
0: Can I do a Is, side tangent plug yeah. real quick? Yeah, S- do it. speaking of uh, the the Leia moment and her Force, her her Leia theme, mm-hmm. um, Full of Sith just released a special release called "How the Force Works," done by Bobby Roberts. It basically mm-hmm. looks at the Last Jedi score. Um, and kind of breaks it down he he uh specifically addressed that moment uh, when leia 's theme um starts and how she mm-hmm. uses the force for the first time and it's just it 's a really special moment, and that 's on f- the full of sith uh podcast
1: oh man yeah i don't i don't need a score to tell me <laughs> that 's a special moment i feel it <laughs> i feel it inside, but just like yeah, and just the way she you know, just flies through space. I know some people it that scene didn't work for them. They they saw it as Superman, you know, it, it Mary it just Poppins. Didn't, yeah, Mary Poppins. For some reason it just didn't work for them, but it did work for me. Yeah. I I love it. I think she is resplendent. She's glorious in that scene. And oh, wow, yeah, the tears. The tears come so hard. Like so that's where it begins, okay? The tears. The tears start coming again when Ray is reaching out with her feelings. <laughs> and, and Luke, you know, she feels the force. And Luke says, And inside you, she goes, Inside me, that same force. Ah, eh, ah That's my emotions. My emotions escape me. I can't.
0: The light and ah. the dark.
1: The light That's... in the dark yeah and just and it's well because it's everywhere but it's also inside of her uh-huh. tears I just, oh i can't let's see scene three is uh luke and yoda obviously i think you might have some feelings about that scene as well
0: <laughs> the best scene in the whole movie
1: oh yeah well just again the music in this movie just hit me so hard because the way uh yoda's theme flares up there. oh
0: my gosh yeah yeah yep
1: and then and then I'm pretty good honestly like I like I'm okay. You know, I get choked up during the Holdo sacrifice all that stuff, but I'm not actually crying yet until we get to the end. And then I'm just a goner. Like the last 15 minutes of that movie I I'm, I'm just weeping. There's, you know, I'm pulling tissues out of my purse. Like. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, was... it starts when Luke walks in. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm
0: so you think there's seven at the end that you make yeah. you cry
1: there's seven individual moments where like my throat closes up and just fresh tears start rolling down my face and it's let uh, me luke see saying if goodbye i can, to leia. wait let me see <laughs> oh, if sure, i can guess sure. these i bet you can yeah
0: <laughs> luke and leia uh-huh um uh luke apologizing to kylo uh, where he says, I failed you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Poe, of course, saying, uh, we will be the spark that, uh, sets fires and burns the First Order down, and then Leia says, yep, what, are you look, <laughs> what are you looking at me? Follow him. Uh. Uh, let's see. Leia saying... We have all we need. That's definitely one of them.
2: Mm-hmm. Um...
0: <laughs> okay, I'm drawing a blank on the last ones.
1: Oh, man. Okay, so, yes, definitely Luke saying goodbye to Leia, kissing her brow. Um, Luke saying, yeah, just saying, I'm sorry, Ben. Like, uh I just, I can't, there's, it's such a tragedy and I feel so bad for Kylo and I wish that he was able to forgive Luke in that moment but I understand why he can't and so just the tears, the tears. Uh, Let's see, oh yeah, and then, yeah, it's not just Poe saying we are the spark but it's also him saying follow me and they all look at Leia and she's just like, follow him and she looks so serene and proud of him in that moment she just she knows they're in good hands she's like, like
0: this is what i've been waiting for for a long time
1: yeah exactly and i'm just like and just knowing that yeah we lost carrie she's gone but leia was okay with how she left the rebellion you know what i mean she she would be all right with the way things are with poe in charge and you know she got to see she got to see her pupil take that big step and she was so proud of him. Like that was so much closure to me and I just cry and cry and cry. Okay. What else makes me cry? Oh, then it's, it's, um, when Luke says I will not be the last Jedi uh, yeah. and it cuts cuts to Ray. Cause I just think about those little girls that I met at, at, uh, at force Friday back in September.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, I'm, I'm sitting in line waiting for last Jedi merchandise. And there's these two little girls sitting next to me going, do you like Ray? And I'm like, like, yes, I do. I do like Ray. And they go, did you know she's the last Jedi? Like, <laughs> gosh. So, yeah, just Luke, Luke saying, no, I am not the last Jedi. And, and then it just it cuts so meaningfully to Ray. I just think about those little girls, how they must be watching this movie. Because they always knew. They knew Ray was the last Jedi. They knew that it was always her. Yeah. And that's so beautiful to me. So, yep, the tears. I don't think then, she'll course, be the
0: last, but. She...
1: No, I don't think she'll be the last, but you know what I mean.
0: Like she's the next step for them.
1: Exactly. Yeah, she's the one who now pass on what you have learned. You know, mm-hmm. all, all of that. Ugh. Um. Then, <laughs> Luke staring at the sunset.
2: Oh yeah. Oh. That <laughs> <is> <laughs> no, hard. I can't.
1: I think that's the one. Oddly enough, that's the one that gets me the hardest. Um. These last couple times I've watched the movie, I uh, just um. Yeah. <sighs> Because, of course, I think about Mark Hamill, you know, how old was he when they filmed A New Hope? Like, 19? Gosh, he was so young. And just, you know, what what must he have been thinking then when he looked at that sunset? And what must he be thinking now filming this scene? It I, Again, I get very meta.
0: <laughs> and it calls back to what Yoda says. You'll always be <laughs> that boy looking at the t- twin suns on Tatooine.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just, that's always looking to the horizon just that gets me. okay and then my last two, my two, I'm not done yet. I'm not done sobbing <laughs> through this movie. Luke I mean Leia consoling Ray, of course you guessed that one her saying we have what we need. just hey, we're all gonna be all right. It looks dark now. We've lost so much. we've lost Carrie, but we have what we need and we're gonna be okay. Just, nope, I'm out. But then of course, of course, what's the very last one?
0: Oh, the little Number broom ten. boy, broom little boy. broom boy,
1: little little our little Dickensian Jedi. Like
0: <laughs> you know, I think broom boy is a better name for him than his real name.
1: Uh, yeah, he's gonna be broom boy in my head until they give me something better to go with. Like
0: <laughs> his name might as well be Kleeg Lars or something like that. Sure, it's <laughs> so weird.
1: Yeah, but he yeah he gets me going. Like I mean, not that I wasn't going already. I was, you know, I'm <laughs> quite a mess already by the time we get to broom boy, but. Nope, I'm out. That's it. Those are the 10 moments in The Last Jedi.
0: The only that one made me weep. that made me yeah. weep that you didn't mention was uh, Paige. She got me on the first viewing pretty hard. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: Her. yeah. I feel kind of bad that I don't cry for her or or for Holdo. I think it's because those are such tense like action yeah. moments. I, I have other things to think about. But I feel I do feel kind of bad because they're both so brave, and I should just be a mess. Maybe I will be a mess, in, in future viewings, you know. Yeah, maybe. But
0: mm-hmm. th- it's such a great movie. Um,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: I did a poll today. I know it's a shocker.
1: Oh right. Yes, our polls. Gosh, yeah. I'm so sorry. We're like, what, 20 minutes into this podcast and it's like, oh, yeah, our polls on Twitter because I had to talk about my feels.
0: We have no deadlines. <laughs> it's okay. It's good to talk That's about true. feels.
1: <laughs> true. Yeah, I'm my own boss on this podcast.
0: <laughs> we can make them make the rules about when we talk about what, so it's, it's, right? it's totally okay.
1: Yeah. <sighs> yes well um brian what was this poll even <laughs> what is your favorite scene in the last jedi i that make that's such a t- terrible twitter poll because there's only four options you know yeah. and there's like this whole movie.
0: <laughs> and as i was thinking about it i left out one of the very best scenes in the whole movie oh uh,
1: uh, yeah you kind of did oops <laughs> That's all right. Well, the four options that you gave were Yoda and the Force Street. I was not surprised you put that on the list because I'm like, obviously, Brian has to include that one. Yeah. And I'm guessing that was your vote. Is yeah. that is that right? It was, yeah. Of, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, for Skype, I think I think you meant that as like a catch-all for all of the Rey and, and Kylo interactions. That but...
0: is what I meant by that, yes.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I was also like, well, maybe you also meant Luke talking to Leia of the Force Skype action there.
0: Yeah, I think that that's yeah? called Force Project. It was, what I meant by Force Skype was Kylo and Rey.
1: Kylo and Rey. Well, uh, okay. Not to get to, like, you know, okay, but let's define Force Skype, but what about that moment where Leia's in the coma and Luke reaches out to her? You don't think that was a bit of a Skype call?
0: Um, it probably <laughs> is, but it's, it's so, like, Mhm. I try to get some definition about what it's called in Sure. Um my I, I couldn't really get that. They they said that they don't really like to name force powers. That's um, fair. Officially, well, they probably... so if they don't sound like it's a a video game.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they probably they they, meaning Lucasfilm or Story Group or whatever, probably don't want to label Le- uh, um, Leia and Luke or Ray and Kylo's uh, connection as a Force bond because that's such a weighted term, you know, that that already has a lot of meaning in fandom without it ever being brought up in the movies. So and they probably do, want to stay away from that.
0: How do you define what happens between Ray and Kylo, and mm-hmm. how? it is the same and how it's different than what luke does so like there's yeah. a very blurry line there so
1: it's it's all the force it just does what we want when we want it okay like <laughs>
0: that is anyway, never truer anyway. i don't think
1: <laughs> there was also you listed uh the holdo maneuver so her big grand sacrifice and then the luke and kylo confrontation that was that was also a big scene but not on here, you pointed out was the throne room. That's yeah. huge. How did uh, I leave that off? Uh, well, it's just like but then at the same time, what would you kick off this list? Because all of these things are so important. Like
0: uh, I think the whole uh, maneuver could have been taken off for the uh, throne room.
1: I guess, but then this list is all about Luke Skywalker. Like I know. <laughs> you know, it I don't is. know. Yeah. Oh well, but our our winning vote, uh from our listeners, was Yoda and the Force Tree with 41% of the votes? I don't know how that happened. <laughs> they have good taste. What can sure. I say? What did yeah, you vote right. for? Oh, you know what I voted for. Say it. Go on. Say it. Say uh, it. For Skype? Yeah, obviously. Yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I got to stay on brand, Brian. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. <laughs> fair enough.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, I even. If I, I'm i sorry, of course that's what I voted for on the poll, but even if it wasn't just a poll, if it was like, hey, what's your favorite scene in The Last Jedi? I really think it is Kylo and Ray or Ben and Ray touching hands. I, I think I like that even more than the throne room, but the throne room would have to be uh, my second vote.
0: I've seen you make comparisons to that to Pride and Prejudice. Are you ready to get into what that means?
1: Oh, I could, yeah. Well, the... um. Specifically, when Kylo makes his mm, proposal to Ray, you know, saying, join me, rule with me, it so reminds me of Pride and Prejudice, or at least the middle of Pride and Prejudice, where, much to uh, Elizabeth Bennett's surprise, Mr. Darcy, a man who she thinks is arrogant and unlikable, she, you know, she has a little bit of you know, tension, like maybe she flirts a little bit with this guy, but overall she just does not like him, and he, she doesn't think that he likes her either. But he just kind of walks in one day and goes, you know what, your family is poor and embarrassing, but I really like you, and let's get married. And she just kind of goes, nah, man. <laughs> like, she turns him down flat.
0: Sir, <laughs> so are you referring to the book or a movie?
1: Uh, it's, it's both. Uh, Pride and Prejudice is both a book.
0: Well, yeah, and, I know and that. And several movies. Oh. which which movie is your go-to of the movies? Oh.
1: Oh, of course, my go-to of the Pride and Prejudice adaptations is the two thousand and five with Keira Knightley, who you recall is also in Star Wars.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Dorme, uh, I think. No. D- what? No. Um, oh gosh, I'm gonna kick myself. Sabe.
0: Sabe. Okay. Maybe
1: I, I'm so sorry. I feel bad that I don't remember the name of all of Padme's handmaidens.
0: Dorme but, uh, but yeah, is um
1: Dorme's the one from uh episode two.
0: She's the one that's in um the mm-hmm. Avenger, the X Men Sure First Class. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And she was yeah, she was in episode two. But but anyway, Kira Knightley plays uh Padme's uh main decoy you know, yeah. In in episode one, anyway, that's when, when I'm talking about pride and prejudice, usually I'm thinking about that movie, but I'm also just as likely to be thinking about the book because I quite like the book as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, like just the way Kylo is all, Hey, to, to most people, you're, you're nothing, but I like you. I, you're not nothing to me. That reminds me of Mr. Darcy just in his own weird way. Just it, in his in his head, it's a compliment where he's just all like, "Listen, you know how poor and embarrassing your family is, but none of that matters to me because I like you so much, you know." And he doesn't think about how that's not a compliment to the girl you're trying to woo. So no. he
0: thought that nagging was a thing back in the back. <sighs> yeah,
1: I mean, Mister Darcy. Yeah, I I don't I don't like the comparison that Kylo is trying to nag Ray, telling her that she's worthless so she should come join him. I don't. I don't quite agree with that interpretation, but I do see where people would draw that, that connection. Sure. Yeah. Uh, because to me, I really think that Kylo, you know, he's saying, he's saying we're both nothing. Yeah. Let's raise each other up, you know? It's yeah. just the way he says, please, he so desperately needs her to validate him. I don't, I don't think he was trying to to validate her. She wasn't being like, you're garbage, you know?
0: You feel like his tone is more genuine and less of a ploy just to get what he wants.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, yeah. That's how I read it.
0: I get it. Yeah. Uh, We got a bunch of responses um, from our (laughs) poll, too, that I left off the list. More ways that I failed. Can you read those? (laughs)
1: Oh, sure. Uh, Let's see. Let me bring up the tweet. Um, Let's see. Our friend Tom just says yes. (laughs) Like, what's your favorite scene? And he just says yes. (laughs) I really like that. That's a good reply. I think that should be my reply. They're all good. What's your favorite part of The Last Jedi? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But then uh, Tom goes on to say um, uh, more scenes to enjoy are uh, the Falcon on crate. Um, old Man Snoke's boudoir Like, also, <laughs> yes, agree uh, Bombs away Yeah, Tally says that I love the way she says it Bombs away And and then uh, Ray's like, oh, I can feel it I can like, feel the force <laughs> That's so good <laughs> Reach your hand out
0: Oh, you yeah. mean figuratively
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, you meant reach out like <laughs> Wow uh, Yep yeah. That's uh. Those are the only replies that I see on Twitter.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. But yeah, good scenes. Whole movie's a good scene, honestly. Very Quite much. Quite so. honestly. You know, I have I have a hot take I want to bring up. I want to I want to I want to I want to you know slide slide this hot take on across the table at you. See uh you know see out what what it does if uh it's a pretty gourmet hot take honestly. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. See how yeah see how this um how this sits with you i very much feel like the last jedi is kind of the phantom menace of of this new era of star wars let me explain wow (laughs) like i just i just yeah well i get such phantom menace vibes from this movie just in how and how it made me feel watching it and in how people are reacting to it so just Brian, I'm going to put you in my headspace when I was watching the Phantom Menace the first time, and and it's pretty much identical to how I was watching the Last Jedi for the first time. Okay, so imagine you're 10 years old, you've seen all the original trilogy, uh-huh. you, you've memorized it. You know, yeah, just imagine your own childhood. Imagine being 10 years old. You can recite every line uh-huh. from Star Wars. You know what Star Wars is. You know what Star Wars should be, right? You know how Star Wars feels, what Star Wars sounds like. Sure. You know? Just, yeah, put yourself in that 10-year-old headspace where the the OT is all you have, because that's what your childhood was like, right? Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. So the OT is all you have. And then 1999 rolls around, and boom, here's The Phantom Menace and the Phantom Menace doesn't care what you think Star Wars is. The Phantom Menace is just crazy. You got a pod race, like cars zooming all around. You got freaking CGI monsters everywhere. You have Darth Maul, like what is even Darth Maul? And you have like, he has a double bladed lightsaber. Nobody told me people could have double bladed lightsabers. And oh, Darth is a title? Like it just, the movie's bananas. It's crazy. But you're 10 years old. So. Star Wars being redefined doesn't ruin your childhood. It expands your childhood. You're not not screaming, oh, my God, what have they done to Star Wars? You're screaming, oh, my God, Star Wars is even bigger and better than I thought it was. You know?
0: I do. And I've been having conversations with people my age, basically, friends from college. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it kind of spurs on many of the same things because it does redefine what your expectations are, because instead of being 10 years old, I was uh, 21, no, I was in my 20s when -hmm. The Phantom Menace came up, and I had been obsessing over it for the last two years, waiting for it to come out, Uh, so in my head, I had really written what I thought The Phantom Menace was going to be, and it was totally different and Mm -hmm. as an older person it's hard to adjust um from that like yeah your expectations and it being different from your expectations i think younger viewers have an easier time of making sense of it and just accepting it Mm -hmm. um but i think that it does redefine what um star wars is going to be i to me i think it's more like an ending episode like a conclusion of the sequel trilogy and almost mm-hmm. sets up a whole new trilogy for what could come next because it does wipe away a lot of the questions we had from the force awakens and it just presents new questions for the next movie
1: yeah exactly and so so yeah, a lot of the reactions I've seen around this movie, around The Last Jedi, it so reminds me of what people say about The Phantom Menace, or at least that the reaction at the time, yeah. where it just, it didn't feel like Star Wars, it was too new, it took a lot of risks, it, it's different. And and when I watched The Last Jedi for the first time, that's exactly what I loved about it, was that it was so different. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't... I, I didn't get that feeling from the, from the force awakens, maybe because it was such a, a an OT homage film, mm-hmm. you know, that that movie just exudes love for the OT, which is great. It, that it gives us that old nostalgic feeling of OT star Wars, but this, oh, the last Jedi, I, I felt 10 years old again. I swear I did. And, and it didn't make me angry. <laughs> that was the thing. It was so different, but, and I should have been so mad by that, but I wasn't just because like, I don't know. I, I felt like such a kid again, like, wow, Star Wars is even bigger and weirder and more awesome than I thought. And, and I love it. I'm sorry. I just love this film. I, I hear the criticisms. I understand, but I just, it doesn't reverberate with me. Those criticisms just don't mean anything in the light of how this movie makes me feel. Like, Wow.
0: No need to apologize for loving the movie. That's for sure. (laughs) Um, I love it a lot too. And, It is definitely tied for my favorite, and eventually it may supplant as my favorite movie of all time, but it just needs more time to marinate for sure. Like I said, I've only seen it twice. Mm -hmm. Um, We're talking about Empire Strikes Back, which I've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. (laughs) Um, So, like, it it just needs more time. But there's so many layers and layers and layers to The Last Jedi – you're gonna miss stuff you're gonna Mm -hmm. miss stuff there there's so many foreshadowings and um explanation of what happens later early in the film like it's well i
1: feel like we won't fully understand or appreciate this movie until we have episode nine i i think episode nine will shed light on this movie and make us go whoa that was even crazier than i thought like yeah if that makes any sense at all. But yeah. I, I hear you when you're talking about you really love this movie, but you're not sure if it can surplant uh, the Empire Strikes Back just because you've seen it so much yeah. and you've been with it for so long. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how I feel about this movie and the Phantom Menace. Like I love the Phantom Menace so much, <laughs> like so much that I feel bad. Like, Like I found a new love. (laughs) I just feel so bad. And I'm like, is do I love this movie? Do I genuinely love this movie more than the Phantom Menace? Like something that has been with me for so long and and makes me so happy. Like the Phantom Menace cheers me up after a bad day, like without fail. But The Last Jedi makes me cry and cry and cry and cry. So, well, I
0: mean, yeah. <laughs> are there any characters that touch you on the level that Darth Maul do? I mean, that's going to be a hard question for you to answer, yeah, like, long-term. That's fair.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> I mean, this yeah. one has, as I've told you on Twitter, my I I have a new favorite Yoda moment. Our episode recently is outdated now like i have a new yoda moment that is my favorite
1: yeah i mean that's star wars fandom in general every every top five list every star wars movie ranking is going to be outdated within a week just because just because star wars fandom is always evolving not even because of new content but just because how you look at star wars how you're feeling on a particular day like so I get it. I I absolutely get it. But tell me, yes, tell me about your new favorite Yoda scene. I bet I can guess what it is. <laughs> it's,
0: like, it's his only oh no. scene. <laughs> when Yoda shows up and you see the back of his head, I just started weeping because you get a little taste of his Yoda theme. And Yoda is the cackling, um, just playful... I'm going to mess with you just to mess with you kind of Yoda in this (laughs) one again, he's just taking delight in Luke's misery. And he think he's like, (laughs) you think you're going to burn down the tree and destroy the books, but let me burn that down for you so that you're not responsible.
1: Well, it's so great because Yoda's just sitting there like, wow, look how seriously you're taking this. Like Luke's like, I want to burn this down. You can't stop me. And then he hesitates and Yoda's like, no, dude, don't take it so seriously. Calm down. Like, <laughs> it's just a tree. <laughs> it's so good. It's just a tree. But, oh my gosh! But then Yoda mm-hmm. gets
0: into the teaching part, and like, it is, like, it's 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 amazing. Like, it's the it's the thesis statement of this movie. Um, that failure is yeah, the greatest failure. teacher. And mm-hmm. the whole movie is kind of about how everyone, or almost everyone, in this movie fails, and how that teaches them to get better in the end. Poe oh, fails gosh. in leading, then he learns yeah. how to become a leader. Uh, the Finn and Rose's expedition to Cantobite is a failure. Like they get the wrong person, and he he betrays them. And but mm-hmm. at the same time, going on that journey convinces Finn to make a decision in choosing a side like failure is the greatest teacher in this movie and it's so
1: freaking beautiful Um, gosh you know what I didn't notice until my sixth viewing of this movie and I feel so silly that I didn't notice it what is that oh my gosh at the beginning of this movie Snoke just rails on Kylo for failing yells at him you failed and then we have yoda who's like yeah you failed good <laughs> like i oh my gosh i can't believe i didn't notice that before it's just like how these two different teachers react to failure yoda praises you for failure and says that's great now learn from it yeah and you have snoke who chastises you for failure and tells you is unacceptable so one of these things is is a way better than the other. Like, obviously, you know, how does a dark side person versus a light side person deal with failure, you know, and Yoda learns from it and grows from it and Snoke rejects it outright. And that's so smart. And that's so good. And I didn't notice it. I can't believe I didn't notice it until my sixth viewing. It's, like,
0: It's such amazing. And he, Like Yoda goes on to, like, talk about what the burden is to be a teacher and Luke feels... She, he says she needs a teacher. Ray needs a teacher, and he's like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can be the teacher that she needs. And Yoda's like, D- We are what they grow beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, the the value of a teacher, it's not just what we teach them, but it teaching them to teach themselves allows them to learn more than what we know ourselves, and so that they can know more than what we know. And how they can become better than what we are. If you're a a teacher, a mentor, a leader, a parent, for example, like the thing you want most is for your kids to be have a better life than you did. And mm-hmm. it's just so freaking beautiful, Katie.
1: Yeah, I know, yeah. It is. And I just um gosh, yeah, the the way Luke is like, I can't be what she needs me to be. He, he thinks she, she needs a legend. You know, she think he thinks that she needs Luke Skywalker and Yoda just smacks him on the face. And it's like, yeah, she came here looking for Luke Skywalker. The You're person, Luke Skywalker. Like, the person,
0: not the legend, the person, the good, be, the bad, yeah, all, just, the flaws and all.
1: Yeah. And he's like, yeah, the, the need right in front of your nose. Like she needed Luke Skywalker. She needed to see the failure you know, she needed to see all of him. And, and Luke is just like, no, no, she needs that, this legend, you know, again, just looking to the horizon. He he thinks that what he needs to be is out of reach. But in fact, what he needs to be is who he is. And I, that's so beautiful. I love it so much.
0: It, Brian! Ah! It, you can Brian! just be who you are, like Yoda says. Mm-hmm. You must be yourself. And,
1: yeah
0: oh, my gosh. Okay. Um,
1: yeah. Well no, because then like that's exactly the res- that lesson that Ray needs too. Ray doesn't need to be a legend or descended from someone important, you know? She she can just be Ray and be her own kind of hero. It's so important. It's the same with Broom Boy. Broom Boy is gonna be a hero too.
0: I ah! mean and, and they're talking about the legend of Luke Skywalker when they're telling mm-hmm. the stories in the walker, but yeah. it just makes his imagination soar. And so exactly. he wants to be that significant person, but all he can be is just who he is. And uh, yep. it, this movie just really
2: it's confirms so well, and
0: yeah. like
1: mm-hmm.
0: affirms ha- why I love Star Wars so much. But um,
1: exactly, yeah. it's so well tied together with those themes. It took all of these characters and, and tied them together so well. Just oh, I love it. I oh, love this movie so much. <laughs>
0: Can we we Uh, talk
1: about um, uh, Ray's visions and
0: mm -hmm. um, what you think of those?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ray's vision in the cave specifically. Or, yeah, uh, yeah. there's another vision in this movie that I want to talk about. And uh, later, we'll get to it. But it's uh, Ray. Yeah, the vision that they have when they touch hands. But let's start with Ray's vision in the cave. Gosh, I love that vision. I think it really is just like Luke's vision on Dagobah, where he has to go into the tree and, and look in his own eyes and see his greatest fear. Uh, it, it's the same for Ray. They have different fears, of course, but.
0: They're different people.
1: But, but yeah, they're different people. Um, and so Luke had to face the, the fact that the person he hates the most is his father. And, and the idea that if he kills the thing he hates, then he also kills the thing he's wanted for so long. And so the dark side, in a way, was showing him the truth he needed, you know, his fear, the, his greatest fear, but all. Also- also the thing he needed to face and and i think it's so significant that luke had to look into his own eyes you know he sees his own reflection and it's the same for ray ray has to look into her own reflection and see look into her own eyes and see what she fears the most which is that everything begins and ends with her you know
2: hmm.
1: it's just there's nothing but her stretched out for infinity you know just repeated image of her over and over and over again there's no one else there and it's her it's her greatest fear that loneliness but also what she needs to face, which is that she's enough and that she is whole unto herself.
0: Yeah. Like she asked the question of show me my parents, I believe is mm-hmm. what she says. And mm-hmm. you see two shadowy figures and they merge into just seeing her. And Brian Johnson was interviewed about this movie. And he said that he wanted to, he didn't want to give her one of the quote-unquote legendary parents because he thought that being just her would be the hardest thing for her to face. Mm-hmm. And so her significance wouldn't come from someone else, but it would come from what she does and what she makes of it. Um, yeah. And that's what he wanted to do for Ray.
1: No, and I think that's so smart. That's such a good way to continue her journey and to continue Star Wars, because I don't think Star Wars needs the Skywalkers to endure. Star Wars as a franchise and as a story moving forward doesn't need the Skywalkers, I don't think. You know, they they were an important part of the story, but the galaxy is so big and there's so many heroes that can be made in this galaxy. You know what I mean? Like I, I love that Ray is nobody and can be her own hero. Like it's almost the I
0: beginning else, of a new chapter.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I, I think also the cave was trying to show her that, you know, what she knows to be true, but what she's hidden boy and the fact that her parents are gone. I do think it's true that her parents are dead. Like, uh, like Kylo says, they're they're dead in the Junker Desert and Popper Grave, and I think I think that's true. When Ray says, "Show me my parents," well, they're. They're gone. I'm sorry, Ray, but. And yeah. Maz
0: Kanata ap- mm-hmm. apparently affirms what Kylo and Ray have said in the Last Jedi, mm-hmm. in the Force Awakens, where Maz Kanata says, "Your, your parents aren't aren't coming back. Um, the belonging you seek is in front of you, not behind." Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, so. exactly, and and just. How much Ray cries when she hears that is it just it hits me so hard. Going back and watching Force Awakens is such a treat now that we have uh, the Last Jedi. Yeah,
2: it's um, great.
1: Yeah, well, Ray just has so much hero worship that I never really appreciated until until the Last Jedi. You know, just when when Han Solo shows up, she's like, "You're Han Solo. This is the Millennium Falcon." Like fourteen. She's six. so excited. Right. Yeah. She's so ready and excited to surround herself with these heroes because she's so used to being no one. And like even Finn, a resistance fighter is cooler and better than her. You know, at least that's what she thinks, you know, when, when he shows up and she's like, wow, you're with the resistance. Like the way she looks at him is like, he's this great, big, grand epic hero, because again, she's used to being nobody. She, she's been so afraid of being worthless for So long that she couldn't even accept that her parents would throw her away or, or sell her or any of that She had to believe in the best in, in them And I think that speaks to Ray's just like internal light her internal goodness that she had to believe the best of her parents That they would come back for her But she really did need to accept ultimately that that they were gone and she needs to move on with her life it, It's tough. It's hard Hard.
0: Yeah, and her experience on the cave is just it's very interesting how she's sharing she's basically retelling the experience to kylo ren through the force projection or force skype whatever (laughs) um and i love the part where she says i've never felt so alone like it's hard to say that you feel lonely to someone else um you got to be on some serious level of intimacy to
1: yeah. to bust that
0: up you know what I mean
1: it's just like yeah that she was so vulnerable with him in that moment well I think he took the first step really when he was like yeah my uncle tried to kill me
0: well. you know
1: like he, <laughs> he showed her that yeah that, hmm.
0: that um, is a minor story I guess
1: yeah well just like that he took that first step in honesty and, and pain he, he showed her, like, this is what has me so upset and so angry all the time. And then she went into the darkness, confronted her own self-image. You know, what what makes her upset all the time is the fact that her parents threw her away. And then, yeah, she came back to him and, and showed him her vulnerability too. And it, it really is so intimate. I They have such a connection in that scene. And, yeah. and you know, it got me wondering... The, the fact that they can touch, I don't know. There really is something there. I don't think that's normal. I don't think, I, I think that can only happen. You can only touch through the force like that if you do have a sincere connection, like a sincere and emotional connection. Because, um, you know, when she tries to shoot him, the, the blaster bolt goes goes right through him. Like it doesn't affect him at all. And then later, when, when Kylo tries to cut down Luke, that just all goes through him. And yet Luke is able to touch Leia. Luke yeah. is able to hand something to Leia and kiss her brow and stuff like that. I, I think there's something there in, in just in how we see the differences between you know, strikes of anger and, and stuff like that just go through you. You, you. know, You're not making an actual connection that way. But when we're open with each other and vulnerable, we can actually connect. They can actually touch. I think well, I they, think there's something there.
0: It mm-hmm. might be something that later down the line we realize the more connected they are, the more real they are in the sure. space. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, they didn't touch the first time they had the connection. It was more like the third or fourth time, I think. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um,
1: well, I think yeah, it's because they had also come together emotionally. They weren't just yelling at each other anymore. Right. They were actually opening up and being people together
0: and listening and
1: Mhm. Exactly, exactly. Yep.
0: Okay, two questions. One's very simple. Sure. Do you think her parents sold her for water or for alcohol?
1: <laughs> uh, my first assumption was alcohol, but but I, I am open to the idea of water because it is the desert and water presumably is a is a commodity, like a very highly wanted commodity. See, I so always, they absolutely could have sold it for water. Uh-huh. I always thought it, it was
0: water. Like, they're on Jakku where the, it's a desert and people are struggling to get food. So, of course,
1: I if guess, you're
0: poor, you may not have water.
1: <laughs> that's fair. But I mean, but then at the same time, like they just put water out in the middle for the animals to drink. You know what I mean? There's, like, that big trough that Finn went to go drink out of, you know? Like yeah. If water is that, you know, if you need water that badly, I don't think there would be a big communal water pit.
0: Well, that, I mean, that's fair. But yeah. I, it, the, the drinking money just – the, the idea of someone being a lush in a galaxy far, far away is – a little hard.
1: <laughs> okay, what was DJ if not a lush? Come on, DJ. DJ was a little sauce. Come on, like.
0: DJ liked his death sticks. Let's. I mean, come
1: on. <laughs> there you go. You don't want to sell me death sticks.
0: <laughs> you want to go home and rethink
1: your life. Exactly. That's like that's my message to DJ. Go home, rethink your life. Like, come on, DJ. I believed in you. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. I went. Uh. I want to uh, talk a little bit about... Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. That's right. You had a second question. What's your second question, my friend? I
0: forgot it. Diesel Pizza. Oh, Pete's.
1: no. Oh, nee. <sighs> We're
0: um, talking about
1: drinking money and Kylo Ren. Does any of that remind you? We
0: we're talking about the Kylo Ren and... <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: oh, okay. The three episodes... The three truths... The three... Per- Certain point of views Of the story between Luke and Ben
1: Rashomon, yeah Rashomon
0: (laughs) What is your interpretation of the three different Perspectives
1: I mean, I think they're all true (laughs) I'm sorry I just, I studied Rashomon A lot (laughs) Like a lot And all you can really come out of that movie thinking Is that, you know It's all true Uh. (laughs) Like, um, so yeah, Rashomon obviously is a very famous old art film. Um, and, and in this movie, um, the same story is told from you know, a handful of different points of view, including the point of view of somebody who's dead. So like, it's very, it's very weird. And depending on who's telling the story, the the story is very different. Yeah. Um, and so I think, even even the final story where you know Ray says tell me the truth and then Luke tells her another version of events, that's still Luke's point of view. There is no completely rational, uh, completely objective point of view that Luke could give us, and there's no completely rational objective point of view that Kylo could give us. Like it, even if like Chewbacca had been watching, Chewbacca could not have given us a rational point of view because it's all subjective and. From and so I perspective think, exactly, from his perspective, so it's all true, depending on who you ask. and I think I think that's super important when you're looking at the actions that everybody takes. Um Kylo, Kylo is acting a certain way because of the way things proceeded. He's acting on his truth, you know, He can't act any other way. And if you told him, "Hey, the way you perceived events isn't true," that's not. That's called gaslighting friends. Like, you know, like, uh, so I, I sympathize very much with Kylo. And, and I know that from my point of view, because again, I've, I've watched these movies. I am an observer and, and I, I've been with Luke for so long. I understand that Luke has moments where he almost goes off. You know, he tried to kill the emperor to save his friends and he tried to kill Vader to save Leia I know that Luke is very much capable of, of those hot instant gut reactions of I'm going to cut you down to save my friends. But I know that he would never do it because he loves Ben the way he loved his father. And yet I would not try to explain that to Ben. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know where to begin with like, Hey, I know he almost killed you, but he wasn't really. That's, that's such a cold comfort. You know, I, I don't think I don't think I would be willing to listen really if if someone held a gun to my head and almost pulled the trigger but didn't I I don't think I could ever be in the same room with that person again.
0: Um, the psychot. Mm-hmm. My Twitter isn't working. Oh uh, no. The person um that runs looking for Leia. You, are you familiar with the documentary? Mm-hmm. I think her name is Doctor. It starts with O-L-P-H...
1: hmm What did she say? Um,
0: I... We... She was... Had a conversation with the... I believe it was Fangirls Going Rogue. hmm And... She had an interesting take that... Luke does a powerful thing when he does confront Kylo Ren. He doesn't try to justify his actions. He mm-hmm. just apologizes for what it did. Um... Because oftentimes people that have inflicted harm try to rationalize their perspective and why they did it and their, like, positive intentions Mm -hmm. instead of accepting the fact that their positive intention created a negative response. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so just the fact that Luke doesn't try to justify his actions but apologizes for hurting ben um is a a huge step in what she was saying and i'm super sorry i can't remember your, your name at this moment
1: yeah no i i agree i think that is really important that luke doesn't say i wasn't really gonna do it he just says i'm sorry and i think even more important than that is that he puts down his lightsaber yeah that that show of pacifism of peace and like, hey, I'm not going to fight you. That that's really important, and I it's such a tragedy to me that that Kylo isn't in a place yet where he can forgive. But I understand it too because forgiveness is hard. It's so hard. It is. Yeah. And Especially I think, when
0: you've been hurt on a deep emotional level like that. Um,
1: yeah, and I think I think. In a lot of ways, Kylo probably blames Luke for everything that's happened. He probably, he probably, in no small part, blames Luke for the death of Han Solo. Like, even though it was Kylo that that struck the blow, he probably blames that on Luke because Luke brought him to that point, you know? I'm not saying that's fair. I'm saying that's just probably how Kylo feels. Yeah. Yeah, and just like and so of course when Luke shows up, Kylo's like I want every gun we have to fire on that man. I think there was nobody he hated more than Luke Skywalker. Yeah. And yeah, and just I feel I feel that for Kylo's arc to to culminate in the in the ninth movie and for him to possibly come back to the light and be redeemed, he needs to learn how to forgive. He needs to learn that forgiveness you you can forgive someone and never want to see them again you you can forgive someone and and they still make you angry forgiveness isn't linear and it isn't like you forgive them and they can never ever bother you again you know the the harm that they inflicted on you can still upset you sometimes but you forgive people because you deserve to have that peace and you deserve to move on. You don't forgive them because necessarily because they deserve it or because you, you're going to see them every day for the rest of your life. No, I, I think Kylo needs to learn that it's okay to forgive and, and still be hurt by well, what happened.
0: I mean that there's mm-hmm. a saying that unforgiveness is taking a poison and expecting the other person to feel the pain um mm-hmm. because it does yeah. it hurts you more than in the long run it, unforgiveness can really hurt you and be detrimental um, yeah. do you think but, the, mm-hmm. in the Rashomon scenes okay um i've only seen it twice and the first time i saw luke's perspective ben's perspective and then what i thought was the third person truth the second time I saw it because of confirmation bias, I basically saw the exact same thing three times. And it's, do you think that there's three, that there's actually three different scenes that they filmed or did they film the same scene and play it three times?
1: I mean, I, yeah, I think they filmed the same scene three different times, you know, from three different perspectives. If I don't know if that makes sense. It does. <laughs> yeah, but I but I don't think that the third telling of the story is the objective truth. If only because it comes from Luke Skywalker. There's there's different ways he can tell the story, but right. there's no objective and true way he can tell the story. Just from the nature of storytelling and the nature of perspective.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: but I still believe because like truth. he'll
1: never. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, (laughs) truth does exist, but if you're looking for the actual factual truths of what happened that night, it's kind of like trying to determine Canon, you know, conflicting reports Yeah. uh, what, what what's true is what feels true to the characters and what's important to the characters is what they believe is true. That's, and they're going to act on that. So, so what's important to Kylo isn't necessarily the factual truth of what happened that night, but what he feels is true and he's going to act on that fair enough you know yeah,
0: yeah. Oh.
1: let's see yeah there's a couple more things i want to talk about okay <laughs> just uh there's actually there's like just so much i want to talk about um briefly i want to talk about hucks let's talk about hugs for a little bit
0: <laughs> y- you mean um general hugs hugs <laughs> With his little fluffy bunny and fluffy kitty cat.
1: I didn't know he had a bunny. I knew he had a kitty cat. I know he was Millicent. I don't know. Did the fandom add a bunny (laughs) to to his menagerie?
0: (laughs) I just may have said that wrong, I guess. Oh,
1: you just made it up? I don't know. (laughs) I want to know... I (laughs) want to know where Ren... Not Ren. Hux will be in episode 9. Just because episode 8 did so much to shift Kylo and Hux's d- dynamic. Yeah, Kylo is like very much in charge now and he hates Hux so much. I can see him just demoting Hux for fun
0: you think Kylo or just hates to Hux? get him out of the
1: way. I think he does. Like He doesn't know. hesitate to push him around and force joke him. Well, yeah, I'm pretty that's sure... His
0: little brother. I,
1: mean, uh, I don't know. I, I think he really... I think... Mm. I think Hux is going to be the next person that Kylo chooses to hate. Like, you know, like he's just he's so angry and he has so many, you know, anger issues to work out that he just picks a target and is like, I'm I'm going to pin all my anger on you today. You know what I mean? And right. I think right now it's going to be Hux. That's why he smacks Hux around so much.
0: Ben and Hux, um Hux have a uh, mm-hmm. brotherly rivalry. At least that's the rivalry they had in The Force Awakens. And I think that Mm -hmm. it kind of continues in The Last Jedi. And they do have this competition, like they want to be the king of the hill, basically, where they're going to kind of squabble a little bit here and there. And, I mean, Hux did almost pull a gun on him while he was asleep. but
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. Is that like brotherly implies that there's some amount of, you know, love between them or, you know, at the end of the day the fighting doesn't matter because they're brothers like, nah, I think they really Hux would like nothing more than for Ren to die so that Hux could take over and I think that's going to be part of Hux's arc in 9 is getting rid of Kylo so that he could be supreme leader you know, I think that's what Hux wants I mean, that's fair,
0: they are definitely dysfunctional
1: Mm mhm, and I just like, um yeah, I want to know how rational uh, a, a Supreme Leader Ren is going to be. If I think maybe on some level he knows that he needs Hux to kind of keep all of this together. If he did just kill Hux or demote him or something, kind of the power structure of the First Order would fall apart. Right. So he, he needs Hux to, to kind of keep everybody in line.
0: He needs bureaucracy. Uh,
1: Right. But does that rationality win out over just kind of Kylo's need to, to smack Hux around and demote him? Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just that it interests me. I'm very curious. Oh, and I wanted to say that, like, the first time I saw The Last Jedi for, like, a hot second, I really did think that Hux was going to be become Supreme Leader. just because he was like who do you think you're talking to you presume to command my army i was like oh my god supreme leader hux i want this like like oh i almost jumped out of my seat like i was so excited for supreme leader hux that like i i leaned forward in my chair and was like violently flailing my arms (laughs) like
0: I think what they did with Poe at the beginning of the movie totally tells you that Hugs is never going to be supreme leader.
1: Oh no! Oh, poor Hugs. <laughs> like,
0: General Hugs isn't going well, to be the supreme leader.
1: I didn't. Well, that was the thing is that I didn't know that that supreme leader Snoke was going to die in this movie, and then just, I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen. I anything could have happened, and when Hux like stood up to Kylo in that way and was like, who do you think you're talking to for the hottest of seconds? I really thought we were going to get Supreme <laughs> Leader Hux and I was here for it. I was excited. Like, there's... I, I am, like, really excited and really engaged when I watch a movie, but I've never, like, jumped out of my seat or anything like that. Like, <laughs> But this almost got me. I I was jumping in my, my seat like and just, like, flailing my arms. I was so close to, like, grabbing somebody and just punching them. I was so excited.
0: <laughs> like, Donald Gleason is a good actor. Like oh, he's, he's
1: such a good actor.
0: Like, the way that he... Oh. I don't know how he fell on the ground with Snoke at the beginning, but he, I think he right. literally busted his lip when he did that.
1: Oh, no! Oh, poor Donald. He's, like, really and, dedicated then. Like...
0: And then when uh, <sighs> Ben throws him aside, when he's, like, I think you need to rethink... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah right and it's just like no nah, just hand waves him aside just not nah, get out of here Hucks. like oh my gosh like uh, i think i think there's there's only one other thing in star wars that could make me like jump out of my seat like or grab somebody and just punch them out of excitement and that would be like maul showing up oh. like you know <laughs> yeah and and that's how much i I didn't know that I loved Hux quite this much or how badly I wanted to see him become Supreme Leader because it just gave me that gut reaction of oh my gosh I really want this oh my gosh I'm so excited to see this and then I was pretty disappointed when when Ren force choked him and was like no 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 I am Supreme Leader I was, I was like no come on we were so close that dream
0: died <laughs> way too fast
1: it did it was uh it was like a fleeting <laughs> it's just it was a dream it was nothing but a dream and i woke up too soon
0: you dreamed a dream
1: <sighs> ah, i did a, and now days that dream long is gone, gone by. Me. yes yes <laughs> now that dream is gone tears everywhere maybe i i just i'll just go to tumblr for my for my emperor hux feels like <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: yeah. what was Let's the see. last thing uh, you wanted to cover
1: uh or i the... want to talk about <sighs> Okay, there's actually like two more things I want to talk about, but they're both fairly lengthy, so we might have to save one for another time. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but let's start with um, Ray's hero's journey or her heroine's journey. I really want to talk about that. Okay. Because I got I got so much of the the heroine's journey out out of out of Ray's story this time mm-hmm. around. Uh, specifically, like it 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 wasn't. just about, uh, Ray claiming her identity, but it was also about Ray claiming her agency. And I, I just got so much out of this film. Uh, you're, you're familiar with the hero's journey, right? I am. Yeah. That was, uh, Joseph Campbell. Yes. Right. Yes. Joseph Campbell. So as I understand it, the hero's journey is about the search for self, uh, the search for identity, the search for wholeness, um, in Disney terms. Uh, Moana, have, have you seen Moana?
0: I have. I have a daughter. You have.
1: Yes, and, yes. It's and it's on Netflix. Netflix. Exactly. So I've seen it a ding, bunch. Ding. <laughs> that's that's the key. It's on Netflix. <laughs> but uh, uh, so Moana's journey culminates when she is able to make her declaration of self, and she actually quite literally looks out across the ocean and sings, "I am Moana." She knows who she is. She is now whole and complete. Moana, Moana is a really good example of, yeah, exactly, the the hero's journey. And when I say hero, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a guy. Um, the heroine's journey, however, is more specifically about uh, the challenges that young women face in in coming into adulthood and uh, claiming that sense of self. Um, something that, that young uh, heroines have to struggle for is the search for agency. That is, you know, having power over your own life. Uh, I mean, of course, all young people go through this, but uh, specifically uh, young heroines in in a a male-dominated society, being able to have control over yourself, uh, your body, and your sexuality uh, is is a huge stepping point. You know, it's something you have to claim for yourself, and especially in stories about uh, young women. And I so got that out of Ray's story uh, this time around. Um, for me, it 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 really does begin in the in the cave. Well, well, really, it's it's the whole movie when when she starts having this connection to Kylo, and she sees him shirtless, and she's so flustered, you know, she's being drawn in to this possibly mature relationship with this young man. But then she goes down into uh, this dark cave. Uh, which could be seen as a symbol of, of female awakening, female uh, sexual maturity. And uh, and then again, she just sees a vision of herself, and she sheds the hairstyle of, of her youth, the hairstyle she's had since childhood, and emerges from that cave a woman. She's had a bit of a um, mature awakening.
2: Is that when she and, changes her
1: hair? Yeah, that's when she changes her hair is when she emerges from that cave. So I, I thought that was very symbolic of, of her maturity and her awakening.
0: The Trinity braid or whatever they call it?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she loses her braids when she falls into the cave and, and emerges, emerges anew. Okay. Yeah. So then, um, uh, again, to, to put this into Disney terms, uh, you can – kind of think uh the heroine's journey as the little mermaid ariel right
0: i'm Uh, familiar i have a daughter
1: yes you have a daughter (laughs) you've seen that one a lot too so yeah part of part of the the heroine's journey is the struggle between chastity purity and uh your sexual awakening
0: i want to be where the people are
1: yeah right exactly uh she um Ariel is is torn between her father who wants to keep her under the sea you know she's supposed to stay pure and chaste forever and then the sea witch who wants to exploit Ariel's uh, feelings for the prince you know her her lust and longing for the prince the the sea witch exploits it not unlike the way Snoke exploits Ray's need to pursue Ben and and save him and pull him into the light. Um and so Ariel comes into her own own uh maturity when she, you know, takes she takes her own power. She doesn't need the Sea Witch, you know, to she doesn't let the Sea Witch exploit her her feelings for the prince. You know how I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um I think a really good example of this, I sent you uh, this clip. Do you have it queued up for me? I do.
2: This is
1: excellent, excellent. This is from uh, the movie Labyrinth, the 1984 movie Labyrinth, in which a young girl named Sarah is lost in, in a magical labyrinth uh, looking for her baby brother who has been stolen by the Goblin King. And throughout this labyrinth, uh, Sarah is confronted with uh, many trials, uh, trials that young women face. Uh, She is shown visions of of her childhood. You know, her childhood is trying to lure her back in with that feeling of safety and nostalgia and security, but she rejects that. And then she's shown images of of fabulous parties, uh, romance, uh, you know, all these things that she's not quite ready for, things that want to seduce her, and she turns that away. And at the very end of the labyrinth, she's confronted by the Goblin King himself, who uh, makes an offer to Sarah. And that's that's the end of this movie. And I, I love Sarah's reply. So we just, we got to play it. We got to see it. Can you do it for me? Yep. Thank you.
2: Through dangers and told and hardships and I have fought my way here to the castle beyond the Goblin City. For my will is as strong as your will. Me. Love me, do as I say, and I will be your slave. Can't do you came to this grave. You right? you, have no you have no power over
1: me. I love that. I absolutely love it. Uh, my will is as strong as yours and my kingdom is great. You have no power over me. Uh, how great is that?
0: It's <laughs> pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, that's pretty awesome. But just, so yeah. Uh, uh, your uh, agency
0: uh, right there. That's for sure. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. A, a struggle that, that young women face is the false uh, virgin whore dichotomy. You're, you're either a pure chase virgin or you're a whore. And, and the the realization that when you seize your agency you realize that you are neither of these things you have your own sexual power you are you are in control of you you are neither of these things you are whole and sarah didn't need the goblin king to make all of her dreams come true she is Completely whole and powerful in and of herself and he has no power over her. He does not get to define her she uh, She's that's so good. It's so perfect. And I saw so much of that in Ray's journey here where uh, you know Snoke is Trying to twist her desires and twist her goodness and she's just like no you underestimate <laughs> You underestimate me and she's ultimately rewarded for that and 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 does so much to define herself in this movie. I I love it. I love it so much. It was so good.
0: Yeah. it. it, it I love Ray in this one. Like, mm-hmm. I think that she grows a lot. <clears throat> and she just kind of takes ownership of what happens. I mean, it, her closing the door on Kylo Ren at the end might be a symbol of her owning her, her own trajectory, I, I guess, as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, certainly, yeah. I think when she closes the door on Ben... Well, no, she's not closing the door on Ben Solo. She's closing the door on Kylo Ren. Because I think for most of this movie, she saw Kylo as someone that needed to be saved. He was almost like a damsel in distress, you know? Like, <laughs> like a princess locked away in a tower. And she's like, oh, no, I have to go slay the dragon, Snoke, and I have to go save <laughs> save uh, Princess Ben. But then... I, he made choices that she just can't go along with. And until he stops making those bad choices, she's, she's done. She, it's not her job to, to make him stop making bad choices. That's entirely up to him. And I think when he does stop making bad choices, she will be there for him because I do think she cares about Ben Solo and, you know, could love him and all those wonderful things. I, but you're right, when she closed that door on his face, she was uh, taking all of her power, and it's, it doesn't belong to him or Snoke or Luke or anyone. It, it completely belongs to her. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I feel like Luke so much in this movie was, you know, telling Ray not to pursue the darkness, and she has to stay pure and chaste and beautiful, but, but no, that's not the heroine's job. The heroine's job is not to remain chaste and pure, the heroine's job is to come into her own. And so she rejects Luke, she rejects Snoke, and is whole into and unto herself. She they have no power over her.
0: Yeah, I like she she definitely um mm-hmm. makes those decisions. To, yeah. I like that she kind of takes ownership of what her future training is as well with the grabbing the Jedi text and putting them in Millennium Falcon.
1: Oh, right, yeah. (laughs) She's just so done with Luke. She's
0: like, if you won't train me, then I can read uh, the books myself. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, she has taught herself a ton of things, from fighting, how to handle herself like in hand-to-hand combat, to how Mm -hmm. to fly. Um, She's pretty uh, self-sufficient and self-taught.
1: Mhm. So. Yeah, exactly. She she's just like I don't I don't need you, Luke. <laughs> and I I love she offers the lightsaber back to him uh, right before she leaves and you know almost like, well are are you going to be the hero we need? And when he doesn't take up the call, she's just like fine, I'll be the hero we need. And she goes off to save Ben Solo, takes the books <laughs> and leaves the saddled man in a saddled planet. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, was just good for her. Good for Ray in this whole movie. <laughs> uh.
0: Do you... um? Mm-hmm. I do like the way that you talked about how Carrie says mm-hmm. at the end of the film that we have all we need uh, mm-hmm. to basically rebuild the rebellion. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, when I think about it, that is so weird. Like, how Carrie is... how. Leia is able to, I guess, not only find strength and hope in the moment when she's all alone, but like after they've been beat down, she still like is bringing hope to to the rebellion. Like she's passing on
1: to mm-hmm. Rey that
0: there there is hope for what we're our purpose is, and we have a purpose and. We have what we need here to to make it happen, to bring it about. Um, the fact, like when sh- they send out the distress call and she says to give her personal code, the fact that no one comes to their aid must have been so disheartening. And because I mean, can you imagine calling all of your close friends and no one returning your calls, like that you needed help with?
1: Yeah, I can. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Relatable. Like, <laughs> uh,
0: friendship and a, mm-hmm. uh, allies mean something. Like, uh, she's been serving people for decades. And the fact that no one has yeah. got her back in that situation is just so disheartening. And it w- could make you feel so alone and rob you of the hope, any hope that you had. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Like where's Moz? Where's Lando? Where's
1: Oh right, yeah. Oh gosh. Those are that's some really good questions, honestly. Um but I I think um just because they couldn't answer at that moment doesn't mean that they won't answer in the future, you know? Like yeah. uh uh my emotions. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's it's rough. Um
1: I- Hmm. Um, I want to talk a little bit Maybe about, about uh, Ben's redemption Because yeah When, when uh, Leia says my son is gone But then Luke says no one Is ever really gone I feel so strongly that that means Ben is going to, to return to the light side I don't know uh, what do you think
0: uh, <laughs> No I don't know I don't, don't know. know I don't oh, know no. I do mm-hmm. not know. I know that there are some serious people that are a hundred percent on. Uh, what do they call it? Ben rent Redemption.
1: Rend, Redemption. Yes, yeah. Redemption. I love that word. <laughs> you could also uh, call it Ben demption Why not?
0: <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Like
1: mm-hmm.
0: the fact that Kylo Ren killed his master is a step that like Vader never could accomplish. I think that Kylo Ren is arguably the darkest villain we've ever had in the last well maybe not as dark as Sidious but he's darker than than Anakin was in the original he's not darker trilogy. Than Maul.
1: He's there's no way he's darker than Maul. <laughs> Maul was like okay, Maul was so extra that he was like I need to get Ben Kenobi's attention. You know that was after like ten years of laying in the de- of the garbage, but uh, Darth Maul's all like, "I need to get Obi Wan Kenobi's attention. How do I do that? Do I call him? No, I know. I will slaughter half of Radonia, and that'll get his attention. <laughs> like that's what he did. And then he just started murdering, like t- until 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 Ben Kenobi picked up the phone. Obi Wan, sorry, you know, <laughs> like that's. There's no way. There's no way. Like, I'm okay. oh, sorry. Maul was like way more evil. Also, Maul did that like without any pants. Like I'm just saying. Without like, any pants. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Well, like you know, Obi Wan sees him again for the first time in like ten years, and and Maul's just standing there with robot legs and no pants. All like, hey, good to see ya. And I'm like, Maul, <laughs> Maul, calm down. Like, uh, I'm sorry, but no, I Ben, there's. Okay. When Ben is like reaching out, it's not Ben reaching out to her. It, it is, I feel Kylo in that moment when Kylo is reaching out to Ray saying, join me, please. He's crying in that scene. Like they both are. They're both openly sobbing because they want to be together and they need each other. And, but they know that they can't, he can't go with her. He, he can't, he can't go home, or at least he feels like he can't go home, you know, like, he can't face Luke, he certainly can't face his mother, so he can't go home, but he wants to be with Ray so badly, he's sobbing, and she wants to be with him, but she can't condone what he's about to do, so they're just both crying so hard, that's, that's not an evil person to me, that's not someone who's beyond hope, you know, like, I just I love it so much I just want them to be together
0: I want to believe that anyone can be redeemed and that Mm -hmm. there is always hope as a person Mm
1: -hmm. I truly
0: try to see the best in everybody that I can Um, yeah and I believe that everyone has some redeeming qualities that were intended at one point to be something of beauty but um there are consequences to decisions and not every ending is happy. Do you know what I mean? So like What would
1: you say? Would you say Anakin's ending was a happy one?
0: Yeah, I mean it was much more happy than a lot of endings could have been.
1: Sure, you don't think Ben will at least get what what Anakin did? anakin killed children i know I was, he killed ch- children like i, I don't, there's i don't think anything ben's done is on par with like staring a little kid in the face and then cutting him down with a lightsaber like i, I don't there's know, no way
0: i don't know what ben has done we don't know much of that backstory <laughs> yet come on give me a break
1: sure sure okay
0: that's fair um but like mm-hmm. I just I don't think that you you have to say that Ben has to be redeemed. Is it an option? Maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Would it be nice if if he is redeemed and he does see the error in his ways? Yes, it's always great when people turn to the light. Like I want that forgiveness is a beautiful thing. Like there's a lot of things about redemption that is. Awesome, but I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think that everyone is going to be redeemed.
1: I don't know. I, you know what Leia would say. What if would you Leia only say? believe, if you only believe in the sun when you can see it, you'll, you'll never, never get, get through, through the, the night. night you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it it looks bad for Kylo now, but it it also looked bad for, for Vader at the end of Empire. So, I don't know. Well, I also when I look at Ray and, and Ben Solo, I see Beauty and the Beast, basically. I know I draw a lot of comparisons between them and Pride and Prejudice lately, but ultimately within like the larger context of the sequel trilogy, I see a classic Beauty and the Beast story. uh, Not even just like Beauty and the Beast, but like any version, any story, classic story that we have where a Dark man falls for an angelic woman. That you know, uh, Hades and Persephone, uh, Death and the Maiden, uh, Beauty and the Beast—all of that. Uh, it's it, that—that's our oldest written tale, as human beings, isn't it? The the story of Gilgamesh. They uh, that story. That's the oldest uh, written text that we have. As human beings, and it it has a a, um, a love story about a high priestess and and a wild man, you know. So the the idea of Beauty and the Beast of of a of a angelic woman uh, saving a a dark man. That that's just classic storytelling to me, and that's what Star Wars is at the end of the day. Star Wars is such classic rich storytelling that I think we need to have. We do need to have a beauty and the beast story in there somewhere because that's the opposite that happened in the prequel trilogy. You know, <laughs> like Anakin only got darker and darker, yeah. and his his love drove him to to the brink of despair, basically. And love, you know, his, his fear of of losing Padme is what drove him over the edge. I think the opposite needs to happen in the sequel trilogy. It needs to be about uh, love, love, romantic love, uh, redeeming Kylo. That, that's just what I see. That's that's how I see it. That's how I want it to go, like so bad. That's what I want. Okay, and that's fine. Yeah. And I, I yeah.
0: don't want to disparage that at all oh, in sure. any way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. Mm-hmm. I may have baggage when it comes to the whole redemption thing because sure. growing up as a kid, I thought my dad was Vader because he had a lot of problems with mm-hmm. PTSD and abusive to the in degree where we were always walking on eggshells because we never knew when my dad would attack again and
2: mm-hmm.
0: i wanted to think that there was good in my dad where he could be redeemed um and so like the whole original trilogy and luke redeeming his father was something that resonated to me on the nth degree because i wanted my dad to be a dad and not be this evil monster that abused my w- mom and my sister like and mm-hmm. like <clears throat> i did it, it gave you it, hope when it, you were it a kid me hope, but mm-hmm. I, as you grow up like it doesn't always come true like the story is supposed to about becoming an adulthood and Sometimes mm-hmm. those people don't want to be redeemed; like they choose to stay on that path. Do you know what I
1: mean? Sure, I do know what you mean. I, I don't know if that's necessarily Kylo's story, you know, because he's not a father. Vader was, and that was that was part of his arc and overcoming his uh, obstacles. You know, his failings as a father. And I, I just have to say, I I find your personal story very relatable. I had a Very similar situation growing up, and and again, like like you say, having that Vader story was very hopeful when I was a kid. But then as I grew up, I kind of realized that my parents were more like Darth Sidious than Darth Vader.
2: Yeah,
1: and that you know, and and as early as age twelve, I identified really hard with Darth Maul because of. You know, the whole like, well, wow, you're, you know, Darth Maul's dad didn't want to be redeemed and didn't want his adoptive son Maul to to be anything other than someone hateful and evil. And so I, I do resonate with that story very much. Um, But I I just don't see it in Kylo. If anything, I I see myself in Kylo in a lot of ways. And I understand where that anger is coming from. I I don't see Kylo as my parents. I see Kylo as me. And so, I, I mean, yeah, I've made some not great decisions. And in my anger hurt people. And I want to believe, have to believe in a lot of ways that he can come back from that. And he can learn to forgive and heal and move on. But it, again, it depends on your point of view. And I, I do understand where you're coming from, where, where you're like, well, sometimes in life people don't make that decision. And so that's real. And seeing that in the story would feel very real to you. Um, but then I look at it in a slightly different way where I just, uh, you know, I, I want that redemption like so bad, <laughs> but I do understand where it's like, it might, might not happen because it doesn't always happen in real life.
0: I do think that love can change things. Um, Mm -hmm. Small things done with great love can change the world. I believe that Mm -hmm. if there was hope for Kylo Ren, a relationship with Rey would be the A number one thing that I think could, could really change his heart. Because my relationship with my wife like there are things that we work through that mm-hmm. I've been able to progress in together. That, together that I couldn't do if yeah. it was just myself. Like, mm-hmm. like, have, like, I think I've mentioned like having common goals and like working together and finding strength that she has that I don't have. Um, mm-hmm. There are ways that a, a romantic relationship can make you more than what you kind of are by yourself do you know what i mean
1: i do yeah i know exactly what you mean and and i feel you know that's every beauty of the beast story where the beast had to learn how to change and grow and be a better person before he could stop being a beast and before she could return his love you know what i mean like so i i feel that's kylo he needs to stop making bad decisions (laughs) And when he stops acting like a beast, he'll stop being a beast and he and Ray can have a a relationship. And that's, that's what I want.
0: (laughs) One of the last things I kind of really want to talk about is, um, Mm -hmm. I believe in one of the very first, um, conversations between Ray and Ben, um, Mm -hmm. through the force projection or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, Ray calls him a monster. Yeah. Again. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And they they start having a conversation, and I think she fires the shot at his stomach or something. Mm Mm-hmm. And Ben comes back with the comment, and you call me a monster. Mm Mm-hmm. I I think that's at that point. But, like, Mm -hmm. I think that there's stuff in Ray still that hasn't surfaced. When she is in combat, both in The Force Awakens and in The Last Jedi, her expressions on her face is always of anger and like rage to some degree. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. there's parts in The Force Awakens where she almost snarls, similarly to like Darth Maul. Like,
1: yeah, right? Yeah. Where she paces
0: (laughs) over Kylo Ren as like he's her kill that she's just getting ready to devour or something. Um,. I think that there's something in Ray that Kylo sees that she has some monster inside of her. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean?
1: Oh yeah. Well certainly. I, I think um part of part of Ben t- telling Ray about uh the night that, that his uncle came to confront him. He says that um Luke sensed quote, he sensed my power as he senses yours. Um, and so yeah the the growing light inside of Ray gives rise to her darkness as well powerful light, powerful dark. Um, you know we all have that potential inside of us. So I, I do think that as Ray grows stronger so will her darkness and she she has begun to, unpack that and to put aside her her anger and grief she is moving forward i feel she, she's finally confronted the idea that her parents are not coming back that they sold her they were terrible really and she needs to move on and i think when she embraces finn at the end and goes back to the rebellion that was her beginning to set aside those dark things um but she may have to confront it more in the in the future uh, what were you thinking?
0: I, I think that she will have to confront it like mm-hmm. more in the end. Um, mm-hmm. be- like Because our conversations from the Phantom Menace and the Force, like mm-hmm. if she has fear, she has to deal with that fear in a positive direction. But just fear yeah. left alone can kind of lead her down a path she doesn't want to go.
1: That's true, yeah. So Yeah, that's very true. <clears throat> well, does that sound like a good place maybe to wrap things up? Was there any other things from The Last Jedi you wanted to touch on?
0: At this time, I don't necessarily mm-hmm. think so. Um, okay. I know I really, really want to see it more.
1: <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, same. <laughs> um
0: because uh, I, I feel like I'm just beginning to scratch the surface of digging the different layers of this um I love the soundtrack and I got the art of mm-hmm. books for the Force Awakens and the Last oh. Jedi.
1: So, I'm excited. I haven't sat down with the art book yet, but I'm excited to do that because it looks cool.
0: Yeah, it's I've I've heard that there's a lot of um confirmation that George Lucas's treatment is more connected mm-hmm. to the Last Jedi oh. and how that's connected. Oh. Um so that's kind of interesting that's exciting. to see how yeah. um it played into that. So
1: oh. That's really exciting. Yeah. Um Let's see. Yeah. Before we completely wrap things up and say goodbye, I just wanted to touch on uh, a couple last minute things (laughs) because on Twitter, uh, we haven't gotten any comments or any feedback uh, recently. So I threw out on Twitter, hey, anything you guys want me to touch on tonight? And uh, got a few replies. Um, I was asked to talk about Kylo, uh, his possible redemption, uh, his connection to Ray. Feel like I talked about it a lot tonight. <laughs> I'm definitely very pro Kylo, very pro his redemption, and uh, I find his connection with Ray fascinating. Uh, Brian, do you have any last-minute thoughts on any of those things? Uh,
0: I'm. <laughs> I think that there's going to be a relationship between Ray and Kylo Ren. And I'm on the wall as far as the redemption Uh, at this time. um, Mm -hmm. I'm open to it, but I just, I I don't know if it's there yet.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Another topic I was asked was uh, the Knights of Ren. Where do we think the Knights of Ren are? Just, yeah, real quick, Brian, where where are the Knights of Ren? Where are they at?
0: (laughs) I totally think that they came from the handful of, um padawans that ben took from luke's jedi academy
1: same i feel like things are really leaning that way as far as where they're at right now i have no idea Uh, maybe maybe they're leading different factions of the first order because you know once once the republic uh blew up the the what was it hosnian prime right yeah yeah once all that blew up Uh, Yeah, maybe uh, the Knights of Ren were poised to go and capture other systems. Maybe that's how the First Order was able to seize military control of the galaxy so quickly. Um, That's my best guess on where the Knights of Ren are at. They are leaders of various factions of the First Order around the galaxy. uh, and, And Kylo, being master of the Knights of Ren, is stationed on the Supremacy. All of the rest of them are spread out that... Otherwise, I have no idea. I'm sure the truth is just something completely wild that we can't possibly guess yet. Like, who knows, honestly.
0: Uh, going into this, I totally thought that the mm-hmm. um, pra- Praetorian Guard were going to end up being connected to the Knights of Ren. And they totally right. aren't um, from yeah, anything what well. that I've seen. Uh, yeah. The Praetorian Guard are different than the Knights of Ren, so the, I believe the Knights of Ren are still out there. But I do Me believe too. that those came from the the Jedi that Ben uh, converted.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I agree. I think the Knights of Ren uh, uh, were, you know, Kylo's closest friends and/or the most dark side inclined of Luke's students. You know, the ones that were most willing to just kind of fall in line or follow their passions or give in into their hatred, all of that. Would, uh, maybe they were also influenced by Snoke, you yeah. know, maybe would, he reached all of them. Mm-hmm.
0: I'd love to see them come back in nine. I yeah. seriously, seriously think that, that, um, JJ J. Abrams should do about a 10 year time jump from <laughs> eight to That'd nine be cool. yeah. because it would give, um ray the opportunity to train a few padawans and masters oh, so that okay. there's like i don't know seven jedi in the next one maybe like a few masters and a couple padawans and maybe, it, yeah. it can also allow them to rebuild the rebellion to be like a, an actual force that means something um as mm-hmm. opposed to 12 people on one space freighter like yeah Twelve people on one space freighter doesn't feel like much of a rebellion. Like if you look at it just on the surface of a billion, mm-hmm. of thousands of star systems in a galaxy, I I, I don't think that typically twelve people is going to make that much of a difference. But um,
1: <laughs> they are the spark. All you need is a is a spark. I you know. know? <laughs> I know. And
0: I know that it's a poetry and it's it's a fantasy. But. Hmm hopefully the rebellion is something more significant in nine. So that we have a bigger, bad guy, bigger, good guy to have a big clash. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I would love to see, uh, Kylo surrounded by the, the other Knights of Ren. Yes. And, and then maybe we could have a big, you know, big lightsaber fight, you know, the Uh... Knights of Ren versus (laughs) way. Yeah. Her new Jedi. Like that would be cool. That would be insane. That'd be sick. Like,
0: that would be sexy. Is wow. what That would
1: be. That would be. Yeah. That would absolutely. That would absolutely be sexy. Like just. Oh my gosh. I don't. We've never really seen that outside of. No, we have video games. Just ton, best we got. A ton was, of red blades. The
0: yeah. best we got with the Jedi against droids in Attack of the Clones. Like exactly.
1: Yeah. I would just. Just love to see all those red sabers ignite, and then against Rey and her little ragtag team of. Jedi, like that would be amazing. Okay, like
0: plus a ten year jump might give them long enough time to allow uh, Broom boy c- carry to pass away in the off, like Watch in them. the in, off screen. So mm-hmm.
1: certainly, well, I was thinking it would give them time to age up Broomboy, get he, him nice and seasoned, is, just so he he, can...
0: <laughs> he has to be a Padawan in the next one.
1: Oh, definitely that would be cool I, I don't know if they'll go that way it, they might want to keep the number of laser swords limited but I don't I don't know we'll see yeah, we'll see uh, so yeah that that was the very final uh, topic that was brought up to me on Twitter was uh, what do you, what do I think the future of the Jedi will be and yeah I think it, it is going to be Ray passing on what she's learned and kind of trying to forge the Jedi anew uh, just like how the rebellion is you know small very few people. Uh, Rey has everything she needs to to start the Jedi anew, and and maybe she will. I don't I don't know if we'll see her with Padawans or or even you know, Force sensitive friends in, in this next movie, but it would be cool.
0: Well, I mean, <laughs> she's got the ancient Jedi text, so she has everything mm-hmm. she needs to to basically start a new jedi order she has the foundation of what it means to have that relationship with the force do you know what i mean
1: i don't know why she doesn't put that stuff on the hollow net you know what i mean like why not type up all the jedi texts i mean i know they're not page turners but seriously (laughs) type up the jedi texts put them on the hollow net and then like all of a sudden the ancient jedi knowledge is available to everybody like just why not like (sighs) i don't know i'm just saying. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, that'd be cool. That so yeah, would be that's different. That's my hope hope for the future of the Jedi. I, I don't wanna get too many expectations for episode nine, obviously. We got I got two more years of this, Brian. Like don't get me too hyped yet. I got wait.
0: Oh, I know. I, I just yeah. I, I, I walk out of one movie and I think about the next one. it's it's right? a bad habit I have.
1: No, I gotcha. But yeah, that that would be really cool. Like Kylo with the Knights of Ren and Ray with the new Jedi, yes, make it so.
0: <laughs> can I tell you one personal story over the holiday weekend?
1: Oh weekend. I love it. I'm leaning forward with my with my chin on my hands. Tell me. Tell me your holiday story, Brian.
0: So, um my daughter is adorable as can be and my heart that beats outside of my body. Yeah. Um I love to share Star Wars with her, and she has a genuine love for Star Wars. Um, she often has Star Wars clothing on, because I'm a crazy dad that likes to buy her Star Wars clothing. So she yes. has these adorable Darth Vader and Stormtrooper PJs with, like, TIE fighters on them that's kind of adorable. Aww. Um And we're with a family Christmas or whatever, and one of the cousins... Um, just kind of asked her some questions about Star Wars. Like, do you really like Star Wars, or does your dad just dress you up like that? Um,
2: <laughs> and okay. I guess that's a genuine question. <laughs> wow.
0: like, sure. Is it well, kids are she,
1: very, very small, yeah. Yeah. That's she,
0: fair. She is nearly three. She'll be three in a week, actually. A week from today, she turns three. Um, yeah. And then they started uh Giving her a little pop quiz, of I'm gonna give list a character and you're gonna tell me if it's a good guy or a bad guy affiliation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're talking. What do you, What does she say if you ask her Kylo? There's only one correct answer. <laughs>
0: He's a bad guy. No. He's a bad guy.
1: <laughs> misunderstood, hidden third category, misunderstood. Okay.
0: <laughs> but like they were quizzing her from like. Yeah.
1: The prequels
0: uh-huh. to the sequels. I thought Please. it was particularly tricky when they went Boba Fett to Django Fett. And it's like, but she uh, nailed no. them all. And I was just very proud because it's like you question whether or not she's a true fan or whatever. And yeah. like her validity is of appreciating Star Wars. But she still knows the characters at age two so.
1: Yeah. Oh that is cute. Yeah. It's nice that she knows all that stuff. I I have such a have such a hard time because I'll see guys with like tattoos of Darth Maul and I'm sitting here going, I know more about him than you like you know, but like, like but, but at the same time I don't wanna tell them that they're not fans of Darth Maul because you don't have to know a ton of trivia to be a fan. Right. You know what I mean? Like so so it's really cute that, that she does know uh, all this stuff. That's really great. But I, I would think that just that she loves Star Wars makes her a fan, you know? She does. Like, like she. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like,
0: tonight she genuinely asked to. Um, we read ABC one 3 of the little... ABC oh, 3PO. One. And the uh, Obi Wan 2 3. And then, she, of oh, course, she okay. wanted to watch the Pod Race because the Pod Race cars. It's in. the best. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best. So that was our tuck in time um, for tonight. So but she just yeah. she loves them. Like she has all kinds of Star Wars toys and she likes to play with them and she asked to watch Star Wars Aww. on her own accord. It, it's I guess I was the one that introduced That's her nice. to all this stuff, but I think that there is something on her behalf.
1: Yeah, there's there's is a genuine interest there. Exactly. That's really sweet. That's really nice. She may not
0: know all the letters yet, but she knows her Star Wars characters. Oh,
1: awesome. <laughs> That's really cute. That's great. Um Uh, for Christmas I got some new Star Wars jammies. It, it they're, they're purple Star Wars jammies. Oh, really? With a with a little yeah, the the shirt has has a purple Death Star with little hearts. Like so, you know the the little circle on the Death Star, like yeah. I don't know what it's called. like the dish. Yeah that's shaped like a heart. Oh. And then and then there's like little hearts, little pink hearts coming off the dust star. So it's like it's firing you with love. Like like not hate. Love.
2: <laughs>
1: but then the then the pants have Darth Vader and he's like swinging a pink lightsaber. Are you serious? And there's just yeah, and then there's little hearts flying all around him. So he's like a darth of love, I don't know, like
0: Apparently the they just thing. know that your love for the dark side is is right? coming through and through.
1: Exactly, yeah. I was just like, oh, I was so thrilled. Like, happy Christmas pajamas. Is that how old I am? Where, where I get thrilled by pajamas? Like, <laughs> uh, to be fair, also for Christmas, I got um I got a bunch of little Star Wars toys. I got some of the um the old Disney Infinity figures because I don't have a ton of them, but they look so cool. They are so and-
0: cool. Like, those mm-hmm. are the cutest. Like. Figurines, I think I've
1: seen. Yeah, they're cool. Well, I had uh, some of the uh, Rebels ones and the Darth Maul one, of course, but now I have more. (laughs) Particularly, I was really happy to get the Ahsoka one because she looks awesome.
0: Do you have Ray?
1: I also got. Yes, (laughs) obviously. Yes. (laughs) I got the Ray one that comes with Finn. Like there was a little two pack.
0: Sure.
1: And I got Poe.
0: Um, oh, that's a shock! See what
1: else was expected, Oh, right, yeah, of course. Of course you know po. we
0: barely talked um, about Poe today.
1: We did. We'll. Have, well, don't worry. We'll make it up to him. <laughs> I make it up to him on Twitter like every single day. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, but then I also just got like a ton of Raylo stuff because apparently the memo got out that I just really like Kylo and Ray now. So I got like their lightsabers, like both of them and i got their figures uh the fig arts from japan Oh wow. uh just yeah a ton of yeah ray and kylo like i'm so excited i'm so happy and they're like sitting on my desk well not the ray one yet because that's still in pre-order but it's it's on its way
0: i finally <laughs> got rebel season three and i got the art Oh,
1: <gasps> very cool nice good star wars swag good haul yeah <laughs> yeah how about oh, gosh, next yeah. week
0: we talk mm-hmm. about our top five Jedi?
1: Yes, let's let's do that. That sounds like fun. Next week, we'll take a little bit of break from the last Jedi and talk about five Jedi.
0: <laughs> I like the top five nice? list. Yeah, it'll be.
1: I do. Yeah, top five will be fun. Uh, uh, I bet you can guess already who will be at the top of mind. But maybe I'll I'll try to shake things up. Let's do like light side users. We'll extend it to... doesn't necessarily have to be Jedi, but, like, light side. Oh, users. oh
0: my. Yeah? Well...
1: Well, maybe. Well, because, like... Well, what if I want to put Ahsoka on there? She says, I am no Jedi. Like, right. that's... Come on. Come on. All right.
2: All right. All, <laughs> all right. right. <laughs> yeah,
1: we'll I, try to make it Jedi, but, like, exceptions sometimes, maybe.
0: I bet your top five... <laughs> okay. I don't want to spoil it we'll get into it
1: (laughs) i I, I bet i could get like five people on your list yeah oh definitely okay all right well let's save it (laughs) let's yeah let's go ahead and start saying goodbye to everybody like oh my gosh if you made it all the way to the end of this you're amazing
0: (laughs) thanks man and ladies
1: And ladies, all of you lovely listeners, we appreciate you. Like, every time we appreciate you. Um, of course, if you want to help us out, leaving a review on iTunes helps us out. If you leave a review and say something nice, I'll read it out loud on the show because I love doing that. And I love giving you kudos for for being a great listener, basically. <laughs> like We
0: sincerely appreciate anybody who takes time to listen to us gab, especially about Star Wars and...
1: Mm-hmm. If you
0: think that we have good points, that would be awesome. But um, yeah. just just taking time to listen to us would be awesome. Um, exactly, exactly. If so, you want
1: to – yes. And yes. if you want to keep the conversation going, if you want to reach out to us, you can uh, through our email, uh, moonjockeyspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can also tweet at us at moonjockeyspod on Twitter. Brian, if people want to reach you personally – where can they do that?
0: I am available uh, at balls and play on Twitter and Instagram. And I tend to try to be very uh, welcoming and kind of mm-hmm. hopeful.
1: Oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, if you guys want to follow me personally on Twitter, I'm at Poe hot Dameron. I also try to be very hopeful and upbeat. I, she may make fun I, of
0: you once or twice, but it's I, yeah, all good I, fun.
1: it, is yeah there's lots of good times on my twitter uh making fun of basically all the star wars but also loving all the star wars (laughs) like uh so yeah um come say hi to us we would sure appreciate that and of course we appreciate all of you for listening until next time just remember that the force will be with you
0: always